Welcome to the Better Births, Better Babies podcast, where we help you reclaim the confidence and assurance that you need to thrive in motherhood. On this podcast, we're having authentic conversations among sisters and friends about raising our babies, because we believe life is fuller and more rich when you live and learn in community. So grab your earbuds and some coffee and listen while you tackle your to-do list. Let's get started. everyone welcome back to the show Angela Hannah and Sarah here today we have a really cool episode I think it's kind of interesting it's something that I didn't know a lot about before talking about it and preparing for this episode so today we're talking about erythromycin ointment did I say that right Uh erythromycin Yeah, so we are talking about erythromycin ointment because um, one of the things that we really focus on inside and outside of our community um, are the health decisions that you are asked to make for your baby within the first 48 hours of your baby being born. So we want to kind of tackle those topics. And so Hannah, do you want to talk a little bit about what erythromycin ointment is? Yes, so it is an antibiotic, and the ointment in particular is, um, yeah, an, an antibiotic ointment. So it's used topically, um, and it's used or it's being practiced and used in babies' eyes right after that they right after they are born. Okay. Um, I think I would want to say like mainly in the United States, but I could think be other, other countries. I can't remember, but it's definitely one of the things that we do. In the United States, it's one of the first three things that baby gets right after they're born. Okay, awesome. And Sarah, I know that you have just a lot of knowledge about the origins of erythromycin ointment. It's something that we've talked about a lot. So do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so it um, similar has similar, um, what do I say? It, it, it came about for a similar reason as the hepatitis B vaccine. Um but different, but yet different. Hepatitis B obviously came about because of hepatitis B concerns. Right. Erythromycin ointment came about because of um, gonorrhea and um, chlamydia mm-hmm. infections that moms could be infected with. And all of that lives, kind of gross, but lives in your vaginal tract. And a baby, when they're born, goes through, passes through that. Right. Um, and so... A lot of times those um, infections were getting into baby's eyes as they were being born and then um, through complications causing blindness over time. And so um, I'm not 100% sure how long ago that was, but um, do you know, Hannah? I don't know. It was, I want to say... Late 1800s, early 1900s, but that's just... And I, yeah, I I think though the... The thing that has been most like striking to me, I guess, about both of those, both of these medications, but this one even more so than hepatitis B, is that they became a like all-encompassing medication that was given to every single baby, but mostly because we didn't have means of testing. Yeah. So, so yeah. what you were saying before though was basically that 
similar to hepatitis B, erythromycin ointment became a standard practice in delivery because doctors were finding that so many moms were coming in with hepatitis B slash with chlamydia or gonorrhea. gonorrhea. Actually, gonorrhea is the one that initiated it. Okay. It's turned into more of chlamydia now, Mm -hmm. but gonorrhea was the original one. And those are bacterial infections. Hepatitis is a viral infection. Right. So there's a little bit of a difference there, but either way, mom has something and she passes it to baby. Yes. Yes. And yeah, hepatitis B is, the, the goal is to prevent the virus from passing entirely. The goal of the erythromycin ointment is to pass or to prevent the virus from passing into the eyes and causing blindness. And I, and I just want to make an important note here, like way back then, similar even to now, there are always limitations in medical practice and in our knowledge of the picture. And so back then they did not have knowledge of like the full picture. So they might not know and might not be able to ever know if a mom has chlamydia or gonorrhea with a test because they didn't have adequate proper testing. Yeah, for sure. So then at that point, what is the better, what, what's worth it? Like if you know your kid could go blind and you don't know if you have a, STD because they were just running rampant at the time because of cleanliness issues and a lot of like, you know, that just was more common back in the day. So what's the risk? Like if I was a mom in that position and you couldn't test me or you didn't, you know, I'm going to be like, yeah, put the ointment in my baby's eyes. Like I don't want that to be a consequence. So basically though, what, like, I think in summary, we're saying that this was once the, a good yeah, thing. Yeah, once a really good thing mm-hmm. and probably saved a lot of babies' eyesight. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely a pro of the yes. erythromycin ointment is that if, like, mom has an unknown, like, mm-hmm. untreated sexually More, transmitted yeah. infection or, you know. You know you're at a higher risk lifestyle. There's no judgment here. But, like, if you just kind of have question marks in your head. and But that's the thing, like... Typical prenatal care is there's a lot of testing and swabbing going on down there. Like they are constantly testing you. If you've had normal prenatal care and you've attended your doctor's office visits, they are going to be able to tell you pretty quickly without you probably knowing that you consented to it, but you did, that you have chlamydia or gonorrhea and they will treat you during pregnancy. So by the time... So it's not something that, it's not something that mom's need to worry about asking for specifically mm-hmm. because they're te- they're swabbing and testing for so many things that if chlamydia or gonorrhea were an issue for you like it would come up yeah they Absolutely. would know and then they would treat it okay and, yeah so I, I wanted to ask another question too specifically with c-section moms so we talked about how like the reason why it would be an issue for a baby to pass through a vaginal canal that has, mm-hmm. you know, bacterial infections of any kind. What about like C-section moms? So for example, number one, let's say a not infected mom with chlamydia or gonorrhea, like who has a C-section, is the erythromycin ointment still something that's applied? Well, it, no, I, yes, it typically is, but I appreciate your critical thinking. Like this is where it helps to have little pieces of the information because already you're like, let me, I'm scratching my head here. This doesn't make sense. And I think that's the point. I remember trying to do my like post, like postpartum medication education to families. And I was like, 
I'm going to put this scoop called erythromycin in your baby's eyes unless you like, you know, say no to it. It's to prevent from, like bacterial strands from growing, you know, and like I tr- would try to explain it, but I just found myself being like, please ask me like questions, you know, like I just wanted moms to be like, what bacteria? Like, where did it come from? Why would they, my baby's eyes have bacteria in them? You know what I mean? Like, and people don't. <laughs> yeah. 99.9% of moms are like, yep, give me the, put, just do it, do whatever you do. And so, um, I just think this, this is just an interesting conversation to have, but. Yeah, I did actually do some research where it is possible for a baby to get like an eye infection from chlamydia or gonorrhea through a C-section. Mm-hmm. Okay. So not very common, even if it's like an untreated infection, because that infection can travel up into the uterus. That would and, be pretty severe, though. Yes, and yeah. then, so when it's going yeah. out through a C-section, it can come in contact with it, but it is very, very rare. So, it, yes, in theory, could be indicated because of that, but um, it's just like, yeah, if it's probably going to be tested, it's probably going to be known, and it's probably going to be treated. Yeah, I mean, I think that's really good. So... Hannah, you are the one who like did, who did the preliminary research, I guess, for the episode. So do you want to just talk a little bit about like the cons of the everyday mom having their everyday baby and just opting for the erythromycin ointment simply because they're either, you know, not asked and the doctor, you know, it's just done or maybe they didn't even know. Yeah. So, um, a lot of the cons are, I mean, there's there's a good amount of them. I feel like they do kind of outweigh the pros at this point, in my opinion. Um, so it can cause, like, blurred vision, um, fuzziness in the eyes, which can interfere with, like, the first feed and bonding and things like that. Um, the other thing it can do is it can cause, um, like, a pink eye sort of, like, irritation due to, like, chemical factors. So it can actually also cause the problem it's trying to solve and not like lead to blindness, but lead to just like irritation in the eye. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the other thing is not because of erythromycin ointment, but because of oral antibiotics, it's becoming less effective. So it's really only treating gonorrhea and partially treating chlamydia. And then sometimes babies get this eye infection um, and that can lead to blindness from like strep and things like that. But that doesn't even, this erythromycin doesn't even help with that sort of thing. Yeah, so, I was reading that in here. I was going to yeah. ask you about that. You wrote that the, um, it's currently recommended by the U.S. Preventative Services Task, For- Task Force, but the American Academy of Pediatrics is pushing to basically just have the data reevaluated. So is that why? Yeah. Um, because of all those things and it seems to just really not be effective for what it's needed for anymore. And like I said, like we're focused more on prenatal testing and screening for STD, STIs, STDs. And so if we're focused on that and if, like if the mom that's giving birth has had those tests and been treated or didn't have anything, like this really shouldn't be necessary. This should be given to moms who had no prenatal care, they don't know what's going on, or they know they're positive for gonorrhea and chlamydia. Like, that just makes sense. It's a treatment. It shouldn't be standard practice for every baby. And so, we, and and we're moving away from that in the medical field in a very intense way because of over-prescribing of antibiotics. And I think we, you know, that's an easy conversation I think we can have down the road, but... It's, you know, the I'm sick, I need an antibiotic. And antibiotics only address bacterial infections. They do not touch viruses. And so um, 
by overusing them in the medical field, we never would have thought, would have dreamt 10, 20 years ago that um, there would be any consequences to using antibiotics just as preventative. Like just because, you know. Yeah, we didn't have any research. We didn't didn't know. know. Yeah. Yeah. And now we have learned that by doing that, we've created really terrible superbugs that, you know, you know, and and I, yeah, I guess just saying it earlier than later, it's this, for that reason, it's worth it for you to think critically any time you expose your baby to an antibiotic. Like, make sure it is warranted, you know what you're treating, not just you're preventing something. Um, or there's other medical circumstances where a preventative treatment is necessary because it's life or death, or it's for other things. So I just want to put that in there because I think new parents entering into, like, having to protect their kids, like, think, oh, if my kid's sick, antibiotic, or, you know, it's not, it's a lot more complex now than we even would have, would have ever dreamed, so. Hey, y'all, we just wanted to take a quick break and let you know about our free hospital packing list. If you are preparing for the birth of your baby, this resource will be tremendously helpful for you. Just go to betterbirthsbetterbabies.com slash hospital to get our free hospital packing list. Now let's get back to the show. The other thing that I wanted to mention was that this is actually something that can be given after an infection is like the the signs and symptoms mm-hmm. have started. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. So like that's great. If mom is well educated in it, like you can tell her these are the things you need to look out for. If you feel like your baby's eyes are getting red and swollen and they're having drainage, like you can come in and we can put in erythromycin ointment. And it will treat it, like, after the fact. Before it gets to blindness. So this is not something that needs to be given right when they're born. Like, you mm-hmm. can wait until... Yeah, it wouldn't lead to blindness if you treated it in a timely manner. No, I think that's a really, really, really great distinction. Because, you know, as someone who's not a mom and never had a baby, I think it's easy for me to probably err on the side of, what if I do have some... Infection mm-hmm. yeah. that I don't know about in my, you know, flora down there is just mm-hmm. messed up. And so I think that's really helpful just for any first time moms out there who are nervous just about the fact that you have to make so many decisions and you want to do what's right for your new baby. I think that's huge. And, and I want to say too, we do a lot of, um, I think neutral content inside the community and also on this podcast But I do think this is one of those episodes where we are able to confidently say like we have done the research and the research is out there for you. And like Hannah said, very simply, like the benefits do not outweigh the risks. And I think at this point today, October 2021. And maybe they'll come up with a new antibiotic ointment that works for more things. And Yeah, and I just, I think knowing that, like, (laughs) often our goal, and we talk about this a lot, is to just provide the information and let you make a choice. But this is one of those topics where we felt like it was important to, like, let you know that there aren't really two sides. Like, there's the side of this, this is good when indicated and it's just unnecessary when not. So another thing that um, Hannah wrote in her blog post that I thought was really, really good was an alternative to the erythromycin ointment. And so if you're someone who just like doesn't feel comfortable saying like, no, I don't want that hard stop 
and you want to be able to say like, I don't want that. I'm going to do this instead. What, um, can you talk a little bit about that alternative? Yeah. Um, so I actually did this with my daughter when she was born, just because I found myself in a situation delivering at a hospital that I worked at and I respected the nursing staff a lot. And there is a little bit of like a twinge when you're, when you're like, okay, I do this every single day. I do, I give all, all new babies their new medications. And then you have someone come in and ask you about the new medications. And I'm kind of like, I don't really want all of them. And so this was an easy, non-confrontational way. But I didn't just do it for that. Like Hannah mentioned, there's other things that can grow in the vaginal canal that could possibly like not be great for the baby's eyes or you know there's things that can cause infections it's very 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 rare but like what's the harm in ultimately doing it's a more just natural a dark form? damp so, place you know <laughs> like truthfully the vagina is a dark damp environment which yeah and warm and we also don't we also don't have like great um we don't have the best diets in America. We don't yeah, have the best. Sure. There's a lot of things that we don't do now that was done or vice versa years ago that does that kind of predisposes us to yeah, things. Yeah, for sure. And so... Back to the alternatives. Um, but Sorry. yeah, the alternatives. Ultimately, the alternative that is very widely accepted in the medical field now um, is using colostrum. So yeah. squeezing milk out of your boob and Explain basically putting it into their eyes. Versus- colostrum is the very first milk that comes out before your milk comes in on day three to five. Um, maybe sooner if you're lucky and maybe later. Um, it's yellow. It's very yeah. yellow. It's high in proteins. It's very, very high in antibodies and things that basically would comprise a personalized vaccination for your baby. So that's another really awesome thing. If you're putting that in the eyes and you're also letting your baby eat it, you are literally like feeding but also vaccinating your baby against everything that you have been vaccinated against and everything you have been exposed to um and i just think that is really cool to know just to have the knowledge of so if you're able to put that in your baby's eyes if there's any level of concern of like i don't know did something pass on to them like are they going to have an eye infection or a little thing for down the road if you find yourself week one week two baby has a crusty eye duct or other weird things going on with their eye put your breast milk in their eye repetitively and frequently and it does cure eye infections it's phenomenal um anti anti basically antibiotic antibacterial um that is made from your body and i just want to make a plug too for the pregnant moms out there who like probably just haven't given a ton of thought to breastfeeding, you know, you essentially like trust your body to grow this baby for 40 weeks and then also trust your body to push it out. Like trust your body to make what that baby needs to sustain it afterwards. Like, yeah, trust that your, that your breast milk is good enough for the things that it it's is. good for yeah. yeah and I think one other thing I'm gonna talk I'm, I'm just want to touch on like practical um, application points here no one has to watch you put your breast milk in your baby's eye you do not need to hold your boob over their face while you're breastfeeding and like squirt it in their eyeball like ask your nurse for a medicine cup Know that it is very, 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 very common. Many neonatologists that I would work with, they would come in and do their first little 
talk with mom and dad and ask, you know, like, how do you feel about the medications or whatever? And none of them are would be or are surprised when moms say, I'm choosing to put colostrum or breast milk no. in the we eyes. We even use in the NICU um, breast milk for mouth care to help prevent infections if on baby intubated is intubated babies, yeah. with a tube down its wow. throat. So it like they know that it helps with like anti. So you're not stuff. in the like yeah. weird. You're not a weirdo. But it does not. What's sad is, in the medical community, it's well accepted, but moms don't know about it, so it's not getting passed off in hospital stock it, and it's just a part of the birth plan after. Yeah, I want to ask so, about that really quick. Um, sorry if I interrupted you, but we talked about some things before. Where, like, if mom wants to do something different, she needs to let somebody know beforehand. Is this one of those things? Or is it okay in the moment to just be like, don't, like, have mm-hmm. dad go over and say, like, oh, we don't want that. Yeah. So, the the um, vitamin K, hepatitis B, and erythromycin, ironically, the only one that we have to get signed consent for is is hepatitis B. By uh, erythromycin and vitamin K, we only have to get verbal consent for. Okay. And so the other thing is if you, the only time that this can kind of get, I don't want to, like, there's a hiccup in this is if something were to be complicated with your delivery. Sometimes the baby will go to the NICU or dad is separated. And at that point, that would be a really helpful thing to tell dad to just say, can you please pass this on? Or like to the nurse. Yeah. Like we so don't want the hepatitis. Yeah, make sure dad knows. Plan, put make it in the sh- birth yes. plan. Make sure everyone knows. But you know, should your baby come early or you just forget, it's okay in the moment to be like, yes. no. no. This yeah. is an, yeah. And there, and it's not threatening to anybody. And I want to put in there too, like there are a lot of nurses that typically will say no to this for their own babies. Most nurses, NICU nurses that I knew that had babies all rejected and, or, or what do I say? Like, Decline. declined this medication yeah, so, so don't I, feel like you're not the cool crowd <laughs> on and for that too hannah like with you um working in more of like a i don't know the right word critical i guess mm-hmm. NICU. like what has your experience been like if there's a pregnant mama listen to this right now who like knows that her baby or babies are going to have to spend a little bit of time in the NICU. what is that similar like NICU babies you still have an option with NICU babies? Yes, you do. Yeah. And a lot of the times, too, with NICU babies, they don't get it as soon because, you, like, we're just not used to giving it. Usually it's given right after birth. So they'll, like, order it up and it takes a while. So it's like, you have a little more time, but I would definitely let them know Okay. if you don't want it. The other thing that I wanted to just mention really quick is if you feel a lot of, or you still want to give their ointment, but you want to wait till after the first feeding or you your hospital like is tr- is making you give it or something like that you can always just ask to like i said wait after the first feed and feed your baby first and like have that skin to skin bonding yeah. for the initial first time mm-hmm. because the ointment can interfere with that sort of thing yeah. and that's then really give good. it right after that so that's kind of like an alternative if you would like to give it or if you know you have like gonorrhea chlamydia and they have to give it Something like that if your hospital is making you, your baby, take it, which they shouldn't. Hopefully they wouldn't, but yeah. If you feel pressured into it. Yeah, pressured into it or you don't want to say no. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think this was a really great conversation. Um, I'm sure there are people listening who are going to have questions. So please feel free to reach out to us. As always, you can find us at betterbirthsbetterbabies.com slash support. We would love to hear from you and we hope that you guys have a good rest of your day.
Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as we did. We would love to meet you inside our community. So head on over to betterbirthsbetterbabies.com to join. You'll immediately be welcomed into an amazing group of like-minded mamas, and you'll be inspired and encouraged in your own motherhood journey. We'll see you there.